if Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. We'll just speak loud and enunciate, you fucking mongoloid. You're a mongoloid. Watch your goddamn mouth. Oh, how much nicer is it going to be that we can... pissing me off already. This is going to be a mess. Because you're just going to be... We're going to be in the middle of a conversation, and you're just going to have road rage, and you're going to call somebody a, a prick, or you're going to call somebody a cunt, or you're going to do something along those lines. That's okay. <laughs> it's just going to break... It's going to break our rhythm. Nah, it'll be all right. Just imagine if you had to drive during last week's episode where you were trying not to swear. Oh, yeah, that would have been... I would have been hammered. You'd been fucked. Probably would have died. Well, I mean, we're back in we're back in form this week. Yeah, but it's like, it's not my fault that people fucking can't drive. Like, this dude was on my ass, so I slowed down. Fuck him. And then I'm <laughs> trying to turn left at, like, a busy fucking T, and the guy behind him pulls up like he's going to creep the fuck out, and then I can't see what's coming from the right. Holy Christ, I hate, oh, I don't like when people drive. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> All right, ready to go? Yeah, start this bitch off. What's up, you pricks? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. Joining you as always, a 3-3 worm token with lifelink, Tyler. Joining me is my guest, a 3-3 worm token with death touch, Matt. Matt, what's going on, my man? The death touch one is so much better. That's not true, lifelink. Death touch trades with anything, bruh. Yeah, but, but so does Wormfoil engine. Worm. We can now say fuck! Yeah, we can. That's something we can do. <laughs> We're back. We're back to our original form. So I have a disclaimer this week. What do you I'm got? driving. I'm driving a long distance this week. Yeah, you're so... going on vacation instead of going to SCG with me. Yes, that is correct. You sack so of shit. you might randomly hear me yell at stuff. It's oh, yeah. other idiot drivers. You're so... notorious for your road rage. Yeah, it's not like I bash into people. I just yell at them. Yeah, it's road rage, but like internally. You're not like swerving into people. You're just yelling to yourself in your car. Yeah, the worst thing I do is when someone's riding my ass, I slow down. <laughs> Not to, like, <laughs> an unreasonable thing. No, well, I think that's pretty my ass standard. Yeah, if I'm going over the speed limit and you're riding my ass like I'm sitting still, you can fuck off. Yeah. I'm going to make my life goal to make you fucking miserable. For the next five minutes. Because, like, you know, that's important yes. in the grand scheme of a human being's life. It brings me joy. It really does. <laughs> what brings me joy is the fact that you can have a 3-3... Three, three Worm token with death touch and a three three worm token with lifelink on your own token. You can make whatever the fuck you want, brother. Yeah, you can do anything. <laughs> you can do whatever token you want because today we got our tokens in. Which I'm super excited about. They turned out really cool. Yeah, they turned out uh, nice. I'm not, I'm not actually sure if we explained our tokens before, but um, doing a... we did it at the end of the last episode, but it was like super brief. And I was drunk, so... That also... Yeah, we were pretty toasted last night. Or last week. But this week, we're recording, like, pretty early because we're trying to get on that schedule of doing an early week release instead of a late week release. So we're, yeah, we're recording switching it around. at, what, 5.30 on a Friday? So I don't even have... Like, I didn't even drink beer. Yeah, I'm it's obviously stone-cold sober driving, so... Well, you're drinking beer and driving. Definitely not. <laughs> I wish. No, our, so the tokens, the official Fetch and Shock tokens... They are blank tokens that you can put your own art on. If you go check out the Twitter at fetch underscore shock, you can see an example of what they look like. Um, and I even I even sent some in our, my little parcel that I sent to the giveaway winner, Corey, at Knife City. I sent him some custom tokens. I sent him some blank ones so he can use them with his playgroup. And I sent him some ones with some art that I, I placed on myself. So he is going to have two pieces of original magic art coming his way. Well, we'll share them on the Twitter when they get to him. I just don't want to spoil them if he listens before then. Yeah, that's that's a good call. They're good, I though. They're real the good. One. I saw the one. It's fucking hilarious. It really is. Yeah, I even I put it, like, shuffle. I wrote, I, gave, I sent him the card, and I sent him, like, four or five tokens blank, and then I made him one that's, like, related to his podcast. His podcast is If Lands Could Kill, so everybody go listen to that. And I, I made him one for his podcast that he'll see when he gets it. And I made him the one that I sent you. <laughs> yeah, that one's funny. I didn't even see the one, the, the other one you made for him. No, I didn't take a picture of that one. You'll see it when he, I mean, I'm hoping he 
sends me a picture of it when he gets it or posts a picture on Twitter when he gets it so we can tweet it so everybody else can see it. That'd be tight. But yeah, they're both, I think they're both pretty good. And I have zero artistic talent, but I'm good at shitty crew drawing. So <laughs> if you want to, I can't drawing, draw for shit. Yeah, I can't draw. But I if you want a shitty crew drawing of a token, let me know. Yeah, like message me on Twitter or message Fetch and Shock on Twitter. I'm at Basic Land Bin and obviously there's at Fetch underscore Shock. Let me know and I will, I will try my hardest to doodle whatever you want and I will send you your token. Where's my shout out, bitch? I Matt, you get your shout out. It's at, at it's bop b o p p. Pretty simple. <laughs> we uh, wait. Aren't we supposed to be at the end of the episode? No, nah, fuck it. We're gonna. Oh, wait, this nerds. is the end of the episode. Okay, see you, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. Specifically, we just got you done. Just the <laughs> we just got done with the very first week <laughs> of Magic Corset 2020 spoilers, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's a typical spoiler week. Uh, this is hashtag spoiler season because it's nonstop spoilers. Yeah, the spoiler yeah. season is dead. Long live spoiler season. Because we just yeah. got off the tails of Modern Horizon spoilers. Horizons wasn't even out what they started throwing out spoilers for M20. Yeah, no, Horizons wasn't even officially out yet. And we had the first spoilers for 2020. It was the first three Chandra's. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. But usually, and I feel like that was kind of the same deal with Horizons, except for nobody cared because all the Horizons cards were super fucking sweet. But the spoilers went from they give them to community members that produce content or they give them to pros. And the pros do either uh, like the pros do a little video or synopsis of like its playability and constructed or the con and the content creators do like a little video or they do like a little section of their like of their podcast or something. Now. They're giving spoilers to these fucking people that don't like that produce content, but they give they're giving them to streamers. They're giving them to the MPL pros that d do nothing but stream. And they're giving them to these people that are just they're tweeting them out. And there's been like, oh, here's my spoiler. Thanks, Wizards. Hashtag sponsored. Hashtag free spoiler. Blah, 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 blah. And it's not fucking exciting in the slightest. And I don't know if it's not exciting because these people are obviously not giving a fuck about their spoilers. Or if it's not exciting because we're so fatigued at this. I, I honestly think, in my opinion, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that there's just so many fucking new cards coming out, and these people are just throwing them out there like it's nothing. Whereas in years past, we had to wait for spoilers. You were watching for uh, Saffron Olive to throw them out, or a pro or something to yeah. spoil a card. Like, spoiler season always felt like something that was exciting and like you were just like waiting on the edge of your seat to see whatever the fuck card came out now there's yeah. new cards coming out every fucking two seconds and, and none of these cards, over. like and these cards i'm not gonna say none of these cards but a lot of these cards are just not as exciting as modern horizons i also think modern horizons they put a lot of work into that hell yeah For they the did in fact they were skipping through standard none of those are standard legal they were just putting them directly into modern yeah so the power level is obviously up and you can tell, I mean, look at the cards. Like, there's a that that new Hogak deck or Hodor. We, I, I, no, it's Hodor. That's canon. Hashtag Hodor. <laughs> Hodor, baby. But yeah, the new Hodor deck is playing. Everybody's bitching about this set being like all a bunch of casual fucking scumbag cards. But then that new Hodor deck is playing three cards from Modern Horizons, and the deck would not function without two of them. Yes. And they're, and they're all in play sets. It's not like they're just playing like a splash one of. No, there's 12 cards in that 16 board that are from Modern Horizons. And eight, and eight of them would the deck would not exist without. I agree with you 100% there. For the for anybody out there who isn't in tune with Modern, uh, the deck is essentially uh, a Bridgevine deck, so it uses Bridge from Below and Vengevine. It's casting a bunch of creatures, a bunch of small creatures that have benefits when you sacrifice them or allow you to sacrifice creatures free, and you get Vengevine back from the graveyard when you cast two creatures. It's a 4-3 with haste. But it's using Hodor, the new 8-8, that you have to cast with Delve or Convoke, and it's using Altar. What's the Altar card? Altar of the... Dementia. Altar of Dementia, yeah. And that card, you can sacrifice a creature and mill target player equal to its power. So it's just it's turbo not... milling itself until it hits its bridges, and then turbo milling you because every time they cast Hodor or sacrifice... Or every time they sacrifice Hodor they're getting enough creatures to be able to recast it. Yeah, they're milling you out. 
they mill themselves out until they get the ability to mill you out. And it yeah, happens they can, very consistent and very quickly. Basically until they can go with bridges, other creatures. Yeah. Not only does it do that, it can just kill you. Like it can attack with a bunch of four mana hasters. Or it can attack with an 8-8 eight, eight trample. Creatures. Yeah. Like 8-8 eight, eight trample is a, a big card. I, but yeah, I am, little... I will die on this hill. And if anybody disagrees with me, that's fine. I don't know if you're going to change my mind. You'd have to make a pretty compelling argument. I don't think the Hodor is the card in that deck that breaks. Alter is the card in that deck that breaks. And I think Alter is the card that is eventually going to need banned. I don't think Hodor is, is worth banning at this point. I agree with you. I think the deck would be okay without Alter of Dementia, but it just is a whole different level of deck with it. Oh, yeah. It's just it it takes it from you have to you have to put effort in to putting creature cards in your graveyard and filling up your graveyard so you can cast this 8-8. That effort goes to essentially zero if you have altar. It makes it trivial if you have altar. And also, conveniently yeah, just... enough, it makes it trivial to cast that 8-8, and you don't even have to untap with the 8-8 to win. You cast the 8-8 and then you continue doing your thing. It doesn't matter. Like that that's what makes that card or that deck so busted is alter because it doesn't matter if it fucking it doesn't matter if you untap with it 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 makes it quicker to be able to cast it that card is so busted wide fucking open do you think wizards is going to bring the ban hammer down on alter just this soon after it being legal and modern um i that see we don't have any paper modern events to judge that off there was one that was uh i forget what but it was in the top four it didn't win the tournament but it definitely... No, but it's been, I mean, it's been online, but Wizards isn't going to ban something because of, like, a week one online showing, or else everybody would have been screaming from the fucking mountaintops for fucking that one blue-green, one birthing pot activation, Neoform. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people have been screaming from the mountaintops, Neoform needs banned, everybody banned Allosaurus Rider, blah, blah, blah. No, it, that was a week one deck, and it's just super easy, and it loses to itself. But I think we talked about that deck before. Regardless, yeah. everybody was screaming from the mountaintops that that deck was really cool and really powerful. But it doesn't hold a candle to this fucking Bridgevine deck. This Bridgevine deck is so, so busted. Well, it's a lot more resilient to form deck. Yeah. So if you're planning on playing modern, <laughs> pack your rest in pieces. You need more than your... rest in peace, I think. You need a couple hate cards for that to be affected. Well, I mean, I've, if, I, if I was playing modern, I'd be playing spirits. And my spirit sideboard for right now would probably be four rest in pieces and two to three craft diggers cages. Yeah, I think one of the uh, ravenous trap is also a really good sideboard card. Yeah, ravenous trap will do it. But I don't even think the artifact removal spells for graveyards that are like the one-time use, like the relic of progenitus or the tormod's crypts or something like that. Like those aren't even particularly good against this deck because your opponent has the ability to play around it, and that deck is so good at rebuilding after you. Because you can't let them have a bunch of triggers with bridge. You have to blow it immediately or else they're just going to blow you out. But then after you blow your, your Relic or your Tormod script, they just rebuild so quick. Yeah, I think bridge gets around uh, stuff like Graft Diggers, doesn't it? Bridge gets around Graft Diggers Cage, yes. You're not casting anything from the graveyard. Correct. It, yeah, it just, it, can, it, it just exists in the graveyard and then triggers because that's a, a card that makes sense. Yes. I could see them banning bridge just because it is a fucking nonsense magic card. I don't think it's the card that's really breaking that deck, but Bridge is a nonsense magic card. Like, reading that card does not make fucking sense. I don't think that Bridge is the problem. No, it's not. Because it's like the deck building restriction. You have to build around it. Yeah, Which, sure. If that was the case, there's a plethora of other things to be banned. Yeah, but you can't tell me that Bridge that isn't basis. a nonsense card. Oh, it's 100% nonsense, but I don't think it's busted. I, I could just see them banning it because it's a nonsense card and it's in that deck. And they're just like, whatever, let's just get rid of this now so it never fucks with anything again. And then it pulls like uh, a Golgari Grave Troll where they unban Golgari Grave Troll and then like six months later reban it. Yeah, because that, that was good. That was a bad, bad call. Dredge Six is. Yeah, yeah, Dredge Six is the thing. Um, but I mean, you know what's really good against that deck? What's that? Leyline of the Void. Yes. You know what's in? <laughs> you know what's in Magic Course at 2020? The Leyline cycle. Leylines. Yeah. Let's move into some super sweet Magic Corset 2020 spoilers. Is there any ones that you can think of off the top of your head that you are like incredibly excited about? New cards or reprints? Because I'm excited Just about in general. all of the Leylines. Um, they should drop the price down. Some of those ley lines were, I know ley line of the void, the black one was sitting at like 50 bucks. Yeah, it's already down to under 40. And then uh, ley line of sanctity, the white one, 
I'm sure that dropped because that's a good amount of play as well. Well, I I remember there was a oh my goodness. I'm looking up the price. I just because I was curious, I'm looking at the price of Leyline of the Void right now. Leyline of the Void on TCG, there's moderately played ones for 23 bucks shipped to you. There's lightly played ones for under 25 shipped directly to your house. Yeah, coming from the Dissension, I think. Dissension or no, this is the this is the M11 one. No, I'm saying the Dissension ones. Dissension or Guildpack, one of those sets. I forget which one. But those were sitting around 55, 60 bucks. Yeah, those are still sitting like around 30-ish. But if like if you are a modern player looking for that card, you, who gives a shit if it's from Guild Pact or late, or like Magic Twenty Eleven or Magic Twenty Twenty, like it doesn't matter. They're the functionally same card. And yeah, I will go I to bat in saying that the new art is the best Leyline art, at least Leyline of the Void art out of the three. The new art's better than the old arts. Yeah, the the or... new one from Magic Twenty Twenty is better than both the Dissension and the Magic 2011 art. I disagree with you there just because... You know That's because a, you're an idiot um, and you only think old art is better? For the most part, yes. There but if you look, where... but if you actually look at the new art, it is fucking breathtaking. And Noah Bradley is obviously just, a, just on a different level with shit like this. Yeah, he is very good at being an artist. I'll give yeah. him that. And we were talking about his tweet earlier. <laughs> like earlier in the week he tweeted oh, yeah. all of the ley lines just the actual paintings like sitting in his living room against the wall and he's just like oh i guess this is my living room for now and i'm just looking at like wanting to vomit because like all of them are so fucking cool just has like 20 grand laying around probably yeah. more than that so i mean let's go through the ley lines real quick obviously ley line avoid um all of the ley lines have the same ability that if you start them if you start the game with them and in your opening hand you can just put them on the battlefield. So it's a pregame effect that they just start the game with them on the battlefield. Yeah, um, uncounterable. Just yeah, they just, they just, they're just there before the game starts if they're in your opening hand. I mean, and consider these are all significantly better with the London Mulligan. Yes. The new Mulligan 1, rule that comes into place, I believe in like two weeks or something like that. I think it's the Pro Tour or the, the Mythic Championship that starts, that is going to put this rule into effect. Um, so these start on the battlefield. You get to do the triggered ability, but only if you have them in your opening hand. With this new mulligan roll, you draw seven every time you mulligan, and then depending on the number of mulligans, you put that many cards back down to the number of mulligans. So if you mulligan to six, you draw seven and then put a card on the bottom of your library so you have six cards in hand. If you mulligan to five, you draw seven and then put two cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, bringing you to five cards in hand, and then so on and so forth, down to four, three, two, one. Yes, is couldn't have said it better myself yeah i thought i was fucking stumbling through that but nailed it so we got the black one the black one exiles your opponent's graveyard that's all that's why it's so good against hodor i believe it actually reads if it's if a card if a card would be put yeah if a card would be put into a graveyard an opponent's graveyard from anywhere exile so if they discard a card if a creature dies if whatever yeah it's a replacement effect so nothing actually would ever go to the graveyard which yeah, it's, it's not like recipes like that when you play or, recipe. Yes. So we have the that's the black one. The white one, Leilana Sanctity, is you have hexproof, which used to be really, really powerful. It's not seeing as much play anymore because it was really powerful when Burn was super big and there was a bunch of targeted spells and in and mod junk because it stops discard. It stops discard. Yeah. It also stops really cool. uh, gifts ungiven as well. Uh, don't tell that, me about that. That targets an opponent. So the, that's the blue. Or that's the uh, the white and the black one. So what's the mana cost on these? Oh, they're all two. They're all and oh yeah, all of these are two colorless and then two of their color. So, so the two blue the, blue or two black black, two green yep. green. So the green one is leyline of abundance. It's two green green leyline mechan or leyline ability. And uh, whenever you tap a creature for mana, add an additional green to your mana pool. And then six green, green, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. And Saffron Olive tweeted, somebody said they emailed this to him, where you're playing a bunch of ley lines, you're playing Birds of Paradise, and then you're playing the one enchantment, the three mana, two blue, one, and you enchant a creature, and that creature has add a blue mana, untap that creature, or add a blue mana, tap that creature. So you just have a turn two kill with ley line this and bird. Yes. Or <laughs> this ley line, that enchantment, and bird. You just get infinite mana and then an infinitely large birds of paradise and then swing, swing, swing for the fences. Isn't it blue, tap, or untap? Yeah, Not, yeah, that's why I said blue, tap, or blue, untap. Yeah, 
So yeah, you make infinite mana with the birds, and then you get infinite counters, and then you can kill them with yeah, the birds. with the birds of paradise. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Um, so the blue one, leyline of anticipation, obviously two blue blue leyline text, and uh, you may cast spells as though they had flash. That one's really cool in commander. Yes, that lets you play at instant speed. Yeah, pretty nice. And then uh, the red one is Leyline of Combustion, two red red. And whenever you or at least one permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability, Leyline deals two damage to that player. I'm not entirely sure how good this one is, but it's something. Yeah, what would the, I don't know if that would be good against it. Um, I the mean... Burn, the Burn Mirror, maybe? Possibly? I mean, no, I don't think it would be the Burn Mirror. It'd be like Burn putting in a Leyline against a deck with like a lot of creature removal that they're just worried about that or if they're worried like jund maybe like it beats jund in a burn deck but i don't even think that's what your what your goal is i don't know it's going to take someone who actually plays that archetype for to think if this is worth it i don't play it so not for me to say but yeah the leylands are sweet really good inclusion i think it's interesting that they put them in now because of the transition to the new mulligan role i wonder if that was planned or if it just kind of happened because you they don't make sets three weeks I mean, before knowing they wizards, Knowing wizards, I don't think it was fucking planned. But also, maybe it is, because there is... It seems as though, since they brought on the the play design team... Sets kind have of been, been looking ahead better. a bit. Sets have been getting significantly better, I think. Yeah, and they're not generally not printing ridiculously broken stuff. No, and, and putting and... the ley lines in this set, I, I'm assuming helped them test that the new mulligan... Because you know they're testing with standard cards, obviously. They're not testing it with they're not testing modern, they're not testing legacy, they're not testing vintage, they're testing limited decks and they're testing standard decks. Because that's yeah. what moves packs. That's what sells shit. Yep, couldn't agree more. Yeah. But out of the first few days, I mean we got a couple really cool cards. I I am digging Ajani. The new Ajani sweet. I actually did not see Ajani. Oh, the new Ajani. He is Ajani Strength of the Pride. He is a Five loyalty planeswalker for two white white. His plus one ability is you gain life equal to the number of creatures you control plus the number of planeswalkers you control. His minus two is create a two two white cat soldier creature token named a Johnny's pride mate. With whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on a Johnny's pride mate. So you just make it a Johnny's pride mate. That's oh, so yeah, just literal Johnny's pride mate. Yeah, and his and his zero ability is if you have at least 15 life more than what you started what your starting life total is you can exile a johnny strength of the pride and each artifact and creature your opponents control oh that's power you know that sounds like that would be good in soul sisters soul sisters hell yeah that that's pretty sweet and that and that deck was playing uh elspeth for a long time because of her wrath ability and this ability is just so much better. Well, just the ability to make a two-two of Johnny's Pride mate. Pretty sick. In that deck, because you're gaining so much life. And... Yeah, you're already playing a Johnny's Pride mate in that deck, <laughs> and now you yeah. get to play more copies of that card. Essentially, yeah, infinite copies good. if you really wanted to. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I thought that card was really, really cool, and also sucker for white. Yeah, weird. One card I did see that I'm excited about slash am annoyed with is the <laughs> new Voltaic key. Oh yeah, that came upgrade. out yesterday or today. Yeah, I don't know when I saw it, and I was like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah, it is Manifold Key. So for, I mean, obviously you're excited about this because Vintage. I don't think it actually fucking matters, but Manifold Key is a one-mana artifact. It has and two activated abilities, one of which is one, tap it, untap target artifact, and then three, tap it, target creature can't be blocked this turn. That second ability, you remove that second ability, it's a card that already z- exists. It's called Voltaic Key, and in vintage you use voltaic key and time vault to take infinite turns yep so i mean sure it's just a strike upgrade but there's people there's purists out there that are just like i mean like you with art there's also purists out there that are just like i don't need that second ability i'm just gonna play my 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 key from whatever set that is because it's it's the old artifact art blah 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 hers is saga is where it's from originally but it was reprinted in m10 or something like that yeah but it's a but all of those fucking nerds have the brown artifact art do you think this is gonna be you don't think it'll see play anywhere else besides vintage like is there any because there was an effect there was not an effect like that in modern is this the first time there's a key ability in modern uh, a decent one there's one that uh, it's like two Two to uh, activate it and three to play it, which is just hot garbage. But I was curious, um, there are definitely a lot of artifacts that tap for an ability. Like, I saw that they reprinted Steel Overseer. 
Yeah, Steel Overseer is in the set. So Steel Overseer is in. Yeah, what what set was it originally printed in? It looks like a Frexian set. I don't believe it was Frexian, but I could be wrong. Um, it is in. Let me look at all the printings. It was in Magic. Oh, its first printing was in Magic 2011. Why is it look so? Why does it look so old? That's so strange to me. Oh no. It's just the art, I guess. But it's a card that sees. It's a staple in Affinity decks in modern. Yeah, old it's school a, Affinity and actual the uh, hardened scales deck. Yeah, it's Affinity in a bunch of. I mean, it's it's a staple in a bunch of decks. So it's a Steel Overseer is a two two artifact creature construct. It's a one one and has a tap ability that says put a plus one plus one counter on each artifact creature. You. I don't know how uh, relevant that's going to be in standard with this new key thing. Like you can pump itself. I don't know what else other artifacts are, but whatever. Um, it could, but I didn't I didn't know that there was not a key ability in modern. I don't know if that is relevant at all. Probably not. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm sure someone, if there is, they'll find it. It probably won't take all that long. Yeah. Again, not I'm not not an artifact aficionado, obviously not a burn aficionado, but you know what kind of aficionado I am. Mono green. No. Spirits, baby. Oh, spirits. We oh, got I know some what you're sweetness with spirits. Yeah, this dude's kind of cool. Yeah, we got some hotness with spirits. So there's two spirits. Well, I guess there's like three spirits that I am really digging from this set. The first one and the one that I'm most excited about is Hanged Executioner. So Hanged Executioner is two mana and a white for a 1-1 flying spirit creature. And when it enters the battlefield, you make a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. And it also has an ability that for three colorless and a white, you can exile hanged executioner and exile target creep i think this card is super fucking i think it yeah it's pretty cool it's a uncounter ability yeah like it's it's a room spell that they can't counter it's also brings two bodies along with it for three mana so it's the front side of of lingering souls except for one of the lingering souls tokens just happens to be a creature with a relevant ability that's fucking cool yeah and i love lingering souls like i love lingering souls to the point where in my wallet i have Four spirit tokens, <laughs> just in case I have to cast the lingering. Yep. Hey, you never know. You might be at the grocery store. Someone and says, some... "I just cast lingering souls." Who has spirit tokens? You be like, "Bruh, I got you, dude. I got you." Obviously, throw down my spirit tokens. They're gonna be like, "Wow, this guy's a fucking loser." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. I don't think there's another way to put that. No, I mean it's just the thing. We also got Dungeon Geist back. My boy from Dark Ascension. Is that the blue dude. one? Yeah, Dungeon Geist is two blue blue for a 3-3 flying spirit creature. And then when it enters the battlefield, you tap target creature and opponent controls, and it doesn't untap during its controller's untap step as long as you control Dungeon Geist. This card is fucking awesome. I love Dungeon Geist. Like, what a blowout. Yeah, that's a house and limited. Yeah, Yeah. and also, that that card saw constructed play from what I remember. I don't know about all that, but I know in limited, that thing's a house. No, that definitely saw constructed play because that was in the era of... uh, Bant Hexproof with Geist of Saint Trapped and stuff. Oh, yeah, but... And it would tap down Thragtusk. Swag Daddy. Yeah, the Swag Boy. It tapped on some other relevant shit, too. But yeah, this card was sweet. Big fan. But As you we, know, I don't really ever follow standards. So. Yeah, that's something that we're going to have to we're gonna have to address at some point. Hopefully people aren't going to be like, oh, wonder when they're going to do their standard episode. Because we are the farthest thing from standard players. <laughs> yeah, my favorite format cost about 30 grand to get into so well my favorite format you can play online for 100 bucks well a couple hundred bucks no my favorite format you can play online for 10 bucks a draft and then if you win you can keep playing for free and drafts cube baby but yeah, i mean online legacy's cheap and i mean modern modern's not super expensive either but honestly recently standard has not been cheap either no you've had a lot of 20 plus dollar cards 50 yeah. dollar cards think about esper control like those lands aren't really cheap the planeswalkers then it sure as hell aren't cheap the other spells in it have been like a pretty reasonable price as far as standard cards go, but they're all around like the $5, $10, range. At least the ones that are rares. Obviously, the uncommons and the commons are cheaper, but... And that's the, and the, that's the deck is, to that, beat. That stuff's not really going to go down because a lot of those staples and some of those decks in standard are seeing play elsewhere. Outside yeah, like standard. Teferi. Teferi, yep. Well, they did... I, do, I'm the fucking king of the segues today. I don't know if you're drinking. I am. Wife, well, I have. I've had two beers. So does that count as drinking? No. Because I got things to do tonight, so I can't get too loaded. What kind of attitude is that? Um, somebody who is going out to the city tonight. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but anyway, speaking, let me let me get back to my fucking perfect segues. Speaking of Teferi, they just printed a card that they done. They didn't even need to print a name on the card. They could have just said Teferi Killer, but instead they called it Shifting Ceratops. Did you see this card? I did not. No. Yeah, this card is sweet, and it just says on it like they could just replace the text, and it could just say Kill Target Teferi, and everybody be like, Oh yeah, that's pretty much the same text but they put it in more words. It's a yeah, or it's, so shifting ceratop is its name. Shifting ceratop is a two colorless green green 5/4 dinosaur creature. Shifting ceratop can't be countered. It has protection from blue and for a green you can give shifting ceratop a either reach, trample or haste until the end of turn. Damn. Yeah. That seems good. That card is really good. powerful. And it gives the green decks the ability to just say, oh, hey, Teferi, five mana, you're fucking dead. Because realistically, what are they going to do to this fucking guy? Can't counter him. That's always big against control decks. Hell yeah. And it's cheaper than, like, I mean, the the decks in previous standards were playing that big-ass dinosaur that couldn't be countered that had protection. Or it had hexproof. What the hell was that called? Uh, It's like a 7-6. Yeah, Carnage Tyrant. Yeah, Carny T. And that card was good enough, and that card's significantly more expensive than this guy. Yeah, plus you can randomly give this one haste, vigilance, or what was the third one? Haste, vigilance, or... No, it's uh, haste, trample, or reach. Haste, trample, or reach. Which is... Reach they're is all really good still relevant abilities. Yeah, those are still relevant abilities. Yeah, I'm very... I like that card a lot. I think that card is fucking... Yeah, it seems real good. Not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. I'm also in for these... The temples, the temple cycle that they put in. Those are some of the most balanced dual lands that they're ever going to print. Those are the if perfect lands those, for standard. Yeah, if they printed those every standard set, I'd be, I'd be I don't think anyone would ever care. Yeah. No, those those cards are perfect. So the temple lands, for those of you who don't know, they originally came out in Theros. Shout out to Theros. Great set. But so the temples all are dual lands. They enter the battlefield tapped. And then when they enter the battlefield, you scry one. Those are so, so good. Like they're perfect. They're not too busted. They're not like shock lands or fetch lands. Shout out fetch shock. But <laughs> they're, they're not over the top like those. Yeah. They're just taking over a format like modern. But they're not abysmal in the fact that like they're almost unplayable and scared. They're perfect. And I think they really foster a bit of a slower yeah, gameplay. They're very well balanced. Yeah. And they foster a bit of a slower gameplay, which I think unfortunately favors the current standard. But hopefully maybe some other things that are being printed can kill teferi uh shout out to this the dinosaur mr ceratops but dr we'll ceratops dr ceratops you <laughs> he has he has his doctorate in killing fucking teferi so yeah he, and he studied hard for that he went to harvard yeah. school of teferi killing and he will make it be known <laughs> yo i've tried to get into that program it's not fucking easy man no fuck so no kudos. yeah my none of my my undergrad didn't qualify me for that yeah Oh, another card that I saw that was neat. Um, I forget what it's called. It's a big-ass white flyer. But the big thing about it is alternate cost. I know that because I saw it and I was like, what the hell? Okay, let me read this because I love this Okay, yeah, you can read it because you probably have it in front of you there. I have it in front of me and I will probably be pleasuring myself later tonight to this card because I am very excited about this. Her name is Safara. Sky's Blade. I think I'm saying that right. She is. Just sounds like a bad bitch. Yeah, so Farah, and she looks like a bad bitch. She's here to fuck your day up. She's got floating swords around her. Like this is a this is a lady you do not want to fuck with. But she is seven mana. She's four in three white for a seven seven flyer. So finally they got the fucking casting cost right. Also, there's another one on this list that we're going to talk about that the casting cost is finally right, and I'm happy about. But yeah, she's a seven mana seven seven. She has flying and lifelink, and she gives other creatures you control flying and indestructible. But the real fucking cool thing is that instead of having to pay that seven mana, you can just tap a white mana and tap four untapped creatures you control that have flying to pay for her instead of her mana cost. Hey, I have a question for you. Uh, go, please do tell. What card puts four flyers into play? Huh. I mean,. I think it was one that we had just talked about. Yeah. I think it makes 1-1 one, one spirits. I think it's three and a white, but it also has a flashback cost of one and a black. What is ding, that card ding, ding. 
What is it called? Lingering Souls. Yeah, goddamn right it is. Lingering Souls, baby. Like, that is fucking sweet. You can just go, just say five mana. Just cast Lingering Souls. Or let's, no, let's go your turn four. Turn you four, turn... you could have four one ones and a seven seven flying lifelink. Yeah, and you don't even need to make a land drop. <laughs> like you can go yeah. your turn. Your turn three can just be casting lingering souls. Which what's a better turn three than that? Fucking nothing. And then your turn four can just be flashback lingering souls. Cast this, and now all your your flyers are indestructible, and you have a fucking seven seven. That's nuts. Yeah, it seems good. Fuck me up. That is super good. And I mean, now this... is that angel or is it an angel? Or is it a spirit or what is she's it? She's an angel. Does, like both both does, as a spirit or both as a creature and she's just an angel. Does it give all your creatures flying and indestructible or does it only give your flyers? Oh, creatures you control with flying have indestructible, but presumably okay, you're going to have a, you're going to have at least four of them with flying because you casted her with this. I thought it was that. I didn't want to kind of jump in there as you were explaining it. No, you're good. But yeah, good, good catch. That's, that's but still, good. still, yeah, I mean, still really good. You know what card casts this? Hanged Executioner. <laughs> what is that? That's the that's the one we just talked about. The two mana or the three mana two and a white one one that makes a it's the creature lingering souls that can kill something. Oh, oh yeah yeah. See I, I don't have the names down yet. I've been busy this week. Just pay attention, really you fucking to... asshole. Yeah. Oh, I'll just keep asking. Just in a standard context, like that's something you can do. Yeah, you can make idiots and then have a seven seven flyer. Hell yeah. I'm I ain't never the gonna complain about a seven seven flyer. Never. I feel like um, that might see some play in the tokens deck, uh, modern. Oh, like black-white tokens. Yeah, I know that's not a super flashy deck that sees play all the time, but but it's fun, and that's something that, that could yeah. definitely see it. Yeah, that, that that thing can bring beats. But also on the same lines of finally having a seven mana seven seven flyer. So they they fixed our big daddy Gristlebrand. Do tell. They made hit. They made. Instead of him being completely fucking busted, I think they made him at least, like, just a regular amount of power. But we finally have an 8-mana 8-8 flyer, who is a demon. His name is Villas Broker of Blood. That's and a like bad I said, name, dude. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking badass name. But like I said, he's an 8-mana 8-8 flying demon. He's 5 and 3 black. Um, and he has 1 black, pay 2 life. Target creature gets minus 2, minus 2 until the end of turn. And whenever you lose life you draw that many cards. So for a black, you're drawing two cards and target creature is getting minus one, minus one. Yeah, that seems really good as like a high-end finisher. Yeah, he seems pretty. And I, my thought out of this immediately was that commander players get to play with like something that's gris like Gristlebrand. That's at least balanced. Yeah, it's not just, hey, I'm going to draw 21 cards. Yeah. So this is like your you. mono black commander now that you would have had... If you would have, if Gristlebrand would be legal. Which, thank God that it's not. Yeah, fucking tell me about it. Gristlebrand's such a beating. Well, I mean, I would play it, but. Yeah, God, because you're because a degenerate, means... but you would hate playing against yeah. it. And that's what I'm against in Commander. I don't want any cards in Commander that if I look at them, I think, oh, these are really cool. But then I think in the context of me playing against them, I'd be like, this looks like the worst thing ever. Yeah. I don't want to play against anything that is going to make me frown. Because that's not what Commander's for. Commander's for shenanigans. Yeah. Like, there's things that are going to just just make me frown in Commander, but there shouldn't be cards that their sole purpose is to make people want to fucking quit the game. Yeah. That sucks. And those people who play those cards suck. Sorry if you're out there and one of those people, you suck. That's just the truth. Well, there's, like, a time and place. If your playgroup is super competitive like that. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're playing with a bunch of spikes and you're all trying to make each other frown, then... Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. But if you're playing those cards and you're at a table with a bunch of like people who are just trying to have a casual time and you're just trying to make nobody play the game except for you, I I don't I don't think you quite get it. Yeah, that's not the standard. No. I'm finally glad you're you're coming around on that idea, by the way. Well, I can be a degenerate scumbag in other formats. So yeah, so why why waste nice why waste your effort on Commander? So let's are there any other cards? Are there any other cards that you were you were particularly excited about? So what's the, what's this cycle of the the Cavaliers or whatever? Oh, the new Titans, the bad Titans. Yeah, the fair Titans, if you will. And then there's a yeah, card, okay, that's uh, fair. The blue card I want to talk about after the Cavaliers. Yeah, so the Cavaliers are the core set, this core set's version of the Titans. Well, I don't, I think was it core set fifteen that had the the Avatar ones. The last technically cycle of Titans were. I, I want to say Kaladesh, because they were the artifact one. 
Oh no, I'm, I'm thinking the in the in the in the context of the core sets. Oh, I couldn't tell you. Those are like the last quote unquote Titan style cards where the gear hold. The Soul Cycle. That's what it is. Uh, Soul of Pyrexia is the uh, artifact. Line. Soul of New Pyrexia is the color look. New Pyrexia. But there's a whole cycle of. You sure about that? Yep. All the non-colors suck. Um, some of them are okay. They're just not. They're just not as good as that one. Yeah, because the Gearhulks are a fixed version of the. Well, these ones were, were before the Gearhulks. Yeah, the Gearhulks were in Kaladesh. And those, all of those Kaladesh? are artifacts. Yep. Yes, Kaladesh, because that's the, the artifact style. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's the Solon Phyrexia is the colorless one. They all, for like a ridiculous amount of mana, have one one ability. And then you can exile them from your graveyard and do that ability again. So yeah, I remember the Soul of Theros is the six mana, six, six. It has vigilance. Um, I'm looking at it now. It's And for four white, white, Creatures you control get plus two, plus two, first strike, and lifelink until the end of turn. And then you can exile it from your graveyard and do that exact same thing. And the Sola Phyrexia is a colorless one, and you can give your permanence indestructible, and then you can exile it from your graveyard, give permanence indestructible. And there's the Soul of Ravnica is the blue one. It does something. Soul of Chandelar is the red one. And I want to say, like, Soul of... It's Soul of Zendikar, maybe, is the green one? I don't fucking know. But those were, like, the second version of the Titan. And then, yeah, like you said, it's the... Kaladesh. Gearhulks. Yeah. Gearhulks are the are the other version. So we have our our new little cycle of quote unquote titans this time around, but they're the cavaliers. So the cavaliers are all there's one of each color, and they're two and then three of their color. So they're already harder to fucking cast than all the other ones. Well, I think they're trying to find a good balance. Yeah, I don't know if these ones are it, though. The red one seems sweet. Some of these are significantly better than the other ones. So the first one they spoiled was Cavalier of Flames. So it's two red, red, red for a 6-5 elemental knight. And for one and a red, creatures you control get a plus one, plus O, oh, and gain haste until the end of turn. When it enters the battlefield, you can discard as many cards as you want, and then you draw that many cards... And then when it dies, it deals X damage to each opponent in each planeswalker they control where X is the number of lands in your grave. That's kind of weird. I mean, it does a lot and it seems powerful, but it's is it worth two red, red, red? Yeah, the triple red's not going to be the easiest thing to... No, it's not trivial. For that matter. Like, I think a lot of times you're going to mostly these and like, if you see them, besides outside of limited... They're going to be in pretty monocolor decks, two-color decks that are very good at playing triple any color. Yeah, that they're matter. never going to stumble on mana. Yeah. I mean, the white one's kind of sweet. Um, It's the Cavalier of Dawn. And for two white, 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 you get a 4-3 with Vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, you can destroy up to one target non-land permanent. And that permanence controller makes a 3-3. Three, three, uh, golem, colorless golem creature. And then when it dies, you can return target artifact or enchantment from the grave from your graveyard to your hand. That one's kind of neat. I feel like there's going to degenerate something with that one. Yeah, it's just nice that with your four six, you also get a removal spell. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, that can block the yeah, that can block the shit out of that fucking golem. Like that's really fucking nice. Um, what we got Cavalier of Night, we got Night Knight. <laughs> that would that kills me. So that's the black Night Knight. Night Knight. <laughs> it's yeah, Cavalier of Night is a two black black black. For a 4-5 with lifelink, and when it enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice another creature. Uh, when you do, destroy target creature and opponent controls. That's pretty cool. Like, all I of like the ones that, that just one. have a removal spell tacked on, obviously very good. Yeah, you kind of stay balanced on cards, but you can sack something shitty of yours and take out their best threat. Yeah, just sack some, like, garbage, be- like, 1-1, one, one, and then take out their their bomb. But yeah, yeah so I when when Night Knight be ridiculous and limited. Let me finish this fucking guy. So when Night Knight ret- when Night Knight dies, you get to return a creature card with convert a mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the back. So that guy that you sacked, when this guy dies, you just get him back. Yeah, it comes back. Yeah. Presumably you sack something with convert a mana cost three or less. If you didn't, I'm so sorry for you. Yeah, th- these are going to be ridiculous and limited. Oh fuck yeah, these cards like, are. These are long. most likely all going to be pack one, pick one. Okay, I'm going in and do it. Yeah, you do have to lean pretty hard into the colors, but I think you're going to get paid off for most of them. If you're in two colors and limited, I don't think that's super hard to do. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm not sure. But uh, also, we got the green one. We do not have the blue one yet. We do have the green one. The green one is Cavalier of Thorns. It's two green, green, green uh, for a 5-6 with reach. When it enters the battlefield, you reveal the top five cards of your library. You can put a land card from among them on the battlefield. Notably, it's untapped. 
and then you put the other cards in your graveyard. When this guy dies, you exile it, and if you do, you can put a card from your graveyard on top of your library. So the fact that you're milling cards, when this guy dies, you can get one back, I guess. Like, that's pretty cool. Uh, he seems fine. He seems okay. Yeah, that one seems like the weak one thus far. Yeah, I mean, we don't have the blue one, so the blue one could suck shit, or it could just be, like, absolutely fucking bonkers. Who knows? Yeah, just ridiculous. But you did mention that these are going to be fucking insane in limited. They're going to be real powerful. I am already really liking this limited, and we have not even seen, like, an entire half of the set yet. Yeah. This could be the shitty half. They might just go bananas in the second half. But even already, with some of the cards, so they've kind of pseudo-spoiled some of the... And I don't know if it was officially spoiled. I haven't been paying attention. I've just been looking at the spoilers and getting hyped. But just looking at the cards, they've already pseudo-spoiled some of the archetypes in Limited. So the black-white deck is going to be like a life gain kind of thing going on. The red-green deck is going to be based out of elementals. The blue-white deck is going to be... No, it's going to be 100% element. Almost every creature that that they've shown has had some element energy. Or it's just like a just a super basic green creature but the blue white deck is going to be a traditional blue white flyers deck which i am so fucking excited for <clears throat> it seems like yeah, red that's... might have a little bit of a goblin synergy i'm thinking red white's gonna be tokens because we have some goblin shenanigans we they got raise the alarm so that makes sense if that's gonna be a red white card yeah, some um token generators yeah some payoffs like that big idiot uh-huh you can play but then we also got really fuck and i also think it might be tokens because we got uh, squad captain squad captain at common is a five mana four and a white for a two two with vigilance but when it enters the battlefield you get plus one plus one counter on it uh for each creature you control for each other creature you control. so like that guy can be nuts yeah that's a good payoff for tokens yeah she can be really fucking powerful i don't know if that's going to be maybe the green white deck um and the red white deck is going to also kind of be like a tokeny thing but maybe more of an aggressive slam i'm not entirely sure because yeah, we haven't have seen like, like i said we haven't seen most of the set it also seems like red black is going to be maybe that's going to be like a goblin vampire like a little bit of a tribal thing we do have some vampire synergies in yeah the uh the planeswalker <laughs> i saw oh yeah we did get soren soren his little yeah. his little long silver fox hair but i mean soren's kind of cool you were you were talking about soren with me earlier this week so soren imperious bloodlord is two and a black for a four yeah he's kind of he has a plus one that target creature you control gains death touch and lifelink until the end of turn. If it's a vampire, you put a plus one plus one counter on it. Another plus one that says you may you may sacrifice a vampire. When you do, Soren deals three damage to any target and you gain three life, which is very powerful. <clears throat> Especially if you're just like sacking like sacking creatures is a benefit for you. And then for a minus yeah, three, for minus three, you can put a vampire creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That's the ability that you were excited about. Yeah, that's kind of like show-and-tell-esque because especially what made me think of it is all these freak changelings that came out. Yeah, if we're thinking in a modern like, context, for sure. Yeah, like that big idiot, the seven-mana changeling that all your ex-creature spells... What is it, like Morphous or something like that? But, yeah, but all the creatures cost Wooberg less. Yeah, they cost one of each colored mana less. Well, that's pretty sweet. So you were saying, like, you could do that guy with a bunch of slivers? Yeah, I was looking into it. There, There's some combos, but you need way more cards than I was willing to piss around with. You well, gotta put a I'm bunch sure of someone... effort into that shit. Yeah. So, I mean, because it'll be fun, you not deck? have a... Yeah, for sure it'll be fun. You could do three, uh, the... What is that? The Avatars. That new... Niv- Niv-Mizzet, is it? Yo, Niv-Mizzet, uh... One. Yeah, yeah, the Wooberg one. Yeah, and you just look at the top ten, and then you... For each color pair, you can put that card oh, in your hand. Oh, that sounds like a fucking against-the-odds deck if I've ever heard one. Yeah. <laughs> going back to the Soren, that second ability, I think it's good because I think this guy's good in general. It's three mana. It's only one black, right? Yeah, only one black. And there's a bunch of vampires in, what is it, uh, Rivals of Ixalan? Yeah. So you might see some stuff there. It won't yeah, be I mean, we're only going to have Rivals for another, like, three months, though. So for the short time being, he might do something. I mean, but he he's not even the best three mana walker we've had in the past like five months. Oh no, not even. The, he's not even the top just three. There's there's some stuff there. No, he's definitely cool. I think he. I mean, there's gonna be somebody who breaks him wide open. I just can't think of the best vampire because I don't give a shit about vampires. But there's got to be something fucking ignorant out there. 
There's some big commander vampires. Like well, you said, colors. you mentioned that his minus ability is kind of like a show-and-tell kind of ability. We finally yeah. got, like, a modern uh, version of show-and-tell, though. Yeah, just garbage-style before vampires. But no, I'm talking about the actual modern version of show-and-tell. Like, the actual card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, this is called, it's called a transition, Matt. Fucking learn it. Yeah. I'm on fire tonight, about. and you're falling behind. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> but, so the show-and-tell card that I was smooth transitioning to before Matt totally fucking blew it is called Flood of Tears. It is four blue-blue. It is a sorcery spell, and it says, Return all non-land permanents to their owner's hands. If you return four or more non-token permanents you control this way, you may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battle. So what this reads to me is return a bunch of mana dorks, play Omniscience, or play Gristlebrand, or play Emrakul the Aeon's turn. It's just modern show and tell. <laughs> yeah, and it also has the weird tacked-on ability of upheaval. Yeah, it has like a mini upheaval effect, like a modern yeah. legal upheaval, because if they ever did actual yeah. upheaval, uh, there would be riots in this. Yeah, that'd be miserable. <laughs> that card's such a misplay again. But yeah, you're 100% right. It's the modern, standard-esque style show and tell. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. I think that's something that is at least some space to explore. I don't know if it's any good, but it's a really cool card, and it's cool seeing cards that I like playing against in Legacy adapted to the modern format, because we honest, we didn't really see a lot of that, at least as much as I hoped we would, in Modern Horizon. Is that four mana or six mana? The the show and tell, the uh, flood of tears. Yeah. It is six mana. It is four and blue blue. Okay. Oh, I thought you. I thought you said four. No, yeah, four that's, four that's colorless still, and two blue. Yeah, that's but, still I mean, good. That's still that's that that is on par with what modern show and tell probably should be. Because for three mana, it's yeah. that's too much. Yeah. The uh, the other blue card that I thought was a fixed version of a stupid broken card. Oh yeah. Is the two blue blue one. <coughs> Look at you, transition master! Pow, pow! Are you talking about about transitions? Yeah. You don't know me. I mean, I do know you, and that was that was actually that was very uncharacteristic of you being able to do something so smooth. I thought, I thought that was good. Yeah, it was very good. Smooth I'm proud like of you. Jazz, baby. But I think you're talking about uh, the I fixed version of Dig Through Time. It's called Drawn from Dreams, and like you said, it is a yes. uh, two colorless blue blue sorcery. That look at the top seven cards of your library. You can put two of them in your hand, the rest in your bottom of your library in a random order. So this is significantly worse than Dig Through Time. Oh, a thousand percent. First of all, it's more than blue, blue at instant. It's four mana at sorcery. But I feel I still think this will see standard play and control decks. Oh, for sure. This card is still awesome. Yeah, it's draw two cards, but you get to pick out of the top seven, which is big. Is there a Seven restriction on what? Yeah, is there a restriction on what cards you can get? Nope. Two cards. Yep. That seems so. that's so, very it's a very powerful card. Two answers, that's a threat and a counter spell. That's two threats. Like you need some land drops, grab some lands. It's cool that we're getting like standard cards that are akin to cards that should never be in standard. That should never honestly have been printed. Yeah, Dig Through Time was a mistake. Yes, yeah, so it was treasure cruise. I love them both dearly. Yeah, those were, were definitely fuck up, like it's like, oh, seven Delve? That's that's too much. Yeah, they forgot how this. good Delve was, and they just started throwing Delve on just insane cards. They just basically reprint, or reprinted a common Ancestral Recall that you had to work for a little bit. A little bit, not especially much, in Modern. Yeah. Like, you barely had to work for that card, and it was just insane. That's fucked. Yeah, that's not okay. But I definitely like this. It's definitely a cool card. It'll definitely see some play. I don't and think throw back to left. throw back to a vintage card, which is cool. Like a vintage card that you can't even play multiple copies of. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, seeing eternal format cards in standard is really cool. Kind of like Goblin Ring. Yeah, that's see what I did now. there. Hey. Uh, yeah. So Goblin Ringleader um easily could have been a Modern Horizons card. Don't really know why it was, because what context is this gonna have in standard? But this card is a staple in Legacy Goblin, which I think is a is a solid deck right now. It's, well, that was the original, like, best deck in Legacy. Yeah, that was the original like, creature deck. That's it, That got, that deck was so good that it got uh, one of the goblins banned, and it hasn't been there back in Legacy since. since. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't put Goblin or Goblin Ringleader in Modern Horizons. It easily could have been in there, and it doesn't really have a context in fucking Standard, but I'm gl I mean, it's cool that it's in Modern. It's a good Legacy card. 
And it's going to be an even better modern card. Like, modern goblins is a real fucking deal now. Which is kind of obnoxious. Yeah, just made goblins pretty good and modern now. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're going out for these... What's that? Uh, tribals. I said they're going for these tribals and they're pumping them out. Yeah, pretty fucking heavy, too. Like, they're leaning into them. Which, I mean, I'm all for tribal. I like tribal cards. But I like tribal cards when they're fucking spirits and not goblins. <laughs> yeah. Make my tribe better, make other tribes worse. God damn it. So I don't think we read Goblin I wonder if that's if they're trying to just make them balanced. Like trying to make all the tribes equal on an equal playing field. No, spirits just needs to be far and beyond. I mean, if they really wanted to do that, they should just stop making fucking humans. <laughs> yeah, that's just such an easy uh, creature to, to make them. Yeah, anything that's not anything else is just a fucking human it's so easy but i didn't read goblin recruiter so, or ringleader so let me let me read that goblin ringleader is a is four mana three and a red for a two two goblin with haste and whenever it enters the battlefield reveal the top four cards of your library put all goblin cards revealed this way into your hand the rest on the bottom of your library in any order <coughs> yeah that card is very powerful it gives card advantage to goblins which shouldn't fucking have it so like that's nuts yeah, it's basically a red draw spell, which is nice. It gives the deck some legs under it. Yeah, sure. It's It will definitely make that deck more powerful. I don't know if, if it's going to be... It's it, it very well could just be the best tribe tribal deck, which makes me sad, but whatever. I don't think it's the best tribal deck, but it, there is one card that I still think is good against any tribe, and that's the Plague Engineer from Modern Horizons. Yeah, that card is very powerful against goblins. Turns out they are all little boys. So you have any other spoilers for me? Some knowledge? No, I don't. I mean, honestly, that's all that really sparked my interest. There were some cool things that are for limited, like we're getting Frost Links again, which I think is a great limited card. Um, there, we're getting Negate. We're getting Disenchant. Uh, we're getting just like good cards for limited and good cards for standard, which is the whole point of these core sets. So I'm glad that they didn't lose yeah. that in bringing them back. Yeah, that was originally what the core sets were, was to fix issues in standard. Yeah. Oh, did you see... Okay, there's one more card before we, we move into something. We move into the uh, the the last part of today. Um, did you see the Lotus Field? Yes. Yeah, people were fucking... I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think this fucking topic has been vomited out and ad nauseum. I fucking hate it. But so Lotus Field is a land. It has hexproof. And when it enters the battlefield, it enters the battlefield tapped. And when it enters the battlefield, you sack two lands. It taps and adds three mana of any color. So it taps and does the black load thing, whatever. But it's a functional reprint of a card that's on the reserve list. What is it called? Lotus Veil? Lotus Veil, yeah, but it's much worse than Lotus Veil. Um, I don't think it's significantly worse than Lotus Veil now. One has its perks. The other one has its perks. They both have a downfall. Yeah, they balanced, both. Yeah, the, they both the have. The original one is just—it's actually better. No, I don't think so. Because you can tap, you can sacrifice tap lands with this one. You have to sacrifice untapped lands with. Yes, the hexproof is good on the new entering tap sucks. Yeah, I mean, I don't think either of these cards are very good. Like, you don't want to play either, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, probably not. The big, the big piece of conversation that people were having was like, "Oh, this is how they get around the reserve list." Blah 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 blah. Listen, fuckers. The reserve list, regardless of whether it's going away or staying, you bitching about it and complaining about it isn't going to fucking do a thing. Like, do you think Wizards is actually listening to anybody? No, the, you know who they're listening to in regards to the reserve list? They're fucking lawyers. <laughs> and yes. their profit margin. We're still buying well, cards. We're still talking that, about and standard it's not cards. the actual same card. There are no. very big differences in the card. There are differences, but it is it is as close to a reprint of that card as we're getting. Just like I think Echo of the Eons is the closest thing we're ever going to get to a power card. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just saying it's it's not the same card, so people bitching about it, fuck off. Like, get over it. Like, yeah, I mean, you can't do anything about it. I think Your this card. just, every time something like this happens, it re-sparks the, the, the fucking complaint train of the reserve list. You know there's some troll at Wizards just fucking laughing their ass off. Oh, hell yeah, and I would be too. I would be that fucking guy, because I think it's hysterical. And it's not going <laughs> to drop the price of actual Lotus Veil. That's the other thing. The price of Lotus Veil should not even be there, because the card's set. Whatever. I wasteland your Lotus. You can suck it. Yeah, that you can't do that with this one, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure you can't feel to ruin this either. What's that? not, like, indestructible. That was weird. I kind of like the fact that it's hexproof, though. Yeah, it's cool. I, I do like it. Yeah. Eh, whatever. I don't, I don't know. 
I mean, that's all I got for the cards this week. We are only one week through. So we do have another week of spoilers like we needed another fucking week. This feels like the 15th month of spoilers. I'm My fucking balls are dragging on the ground at this point. But whatever. Yeah, a lot of fucking spoilers. Yeah, do you have any closing thoughts with those? I just kind of thought of a fun deck with that thing. It's not good, but it would be fun to do. We'll save it for another time. So we're going to move into everybody's favorite part of the episode. <laughs> the game. We're not doing knowledge pool like we did last week. If you were here, we did a new game last week, and uh, it was fun. But it's something that we're only going to do on special occasions. We're going to return to form. We're going back to accumulated knowledge this week. Uh, Matt, because he's driving, is not going to be asking me questions because I don't want him to crash and die. Instead, I will be asking him cards. So, Matt, are you ready to get this started? I'm ready, boy. Obviously, the rules are I'm going to ask him a card name. He has to give me the mana cost of it. That includes the colored mana and whatever color <laughs> is involved. Uh, be- and because he's so good at this, I'm making him get four out of five, and I'm only giving him one hint. <laughs> so he has to choose it. The first card is a doozy. You're going to love it. <laughs> Armored Galleon. What? Yeah. Yeah. Armored Galleon. Oh, is this the... I think it's the vehicle the, uh, from the pirate set. Is it? See, I always try to get little hints out of you. That's why I... See, I'm a fucking brick wall. I got incredible amounts of... Yeah, I'm going to go with the pirate artifact. Well, do you have a converted mana cost for it? I don't care what it does. Four mana. Now, what is the actual mana cost of it? Four colorless mana. Oh, you're just... Oh, it's a colorless artifact, so four colorless. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, you're wrong. I'm wrong since, yeah. <laughs> Armored Galleon, you were never going to get this in a million fucking years. It's four colorless and a blue for a pi- for a creature, human pirate. An Armored Galleon oh. can't attack unless defending player controls an island for a four... Or for a five four. It is from Portal Second Age. Yeah, there's no way. Oh, Christ. Yeah, I wasn't getting yeah, that. Not a fucking... Did I get the other one? So you're 0 for 1. What was the other one? What was I thinking of? You didn't get another one. Oh, I don't. I have no fucking. I'm pretty sure that that's something Galleon. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not looking it up because we're going on to the next card. The next card is Yavamaya Enchantress. I know that's white, or white green or red green. It's colors. It definitely has colors. Did you know her roots connect her to the forest? To the forest's wishes. Can I use my hint? Sure. I'll what allow it. What color is it? No, I'm not. I can't tell you the color. That gives away the converted mana cost. You can get the text from the card. Okay, give me the text. Yavamaya Enchantress gets a plus one, plus one for each enchantment in play. Oh, this is uh, monocolor. It's something. Um, pretty sure all the Enchantress is green, man. I'm going to go two and a green. It is two and a green. Which I was thinking of something else at first. Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of different sure enchantresses. Typically, when I Almost. hear enchantress, I usually hear, like, it draws a card like that. Uh, but... I always thought they got uh, bonuses for being enchanted. No, there's, I mean, there there are cards that do that, but no, you got it. You nailed it. Good boy coming at you. Yeah, because that was in, uh, what was the real shitty math? Oh, Modern Masters? No, um, Eternal Masters. Eternal Masters, yeah. Yes, it was. It was a common in because I remember that. Because yeah. there was a couple good enchantress cards in that. But I digress. Yeah, the next card, you are cur- you are one for two. So you're 50%. That's not bad. What do you know about Coast Watcher, though? Not a whole fucking lot. <laughs> oh, he's a good one. He's a good boy. Coast Watcher. Coast Shouldn't have burned your hand on the Enchantress, man. You had so I much of that. I, got one. I thought I got one per. No, fuck. No. I don't fucking. Yeah, Hold this on. one's a tough Give one. Weird commons from weird sets are usually not your forte. Weird sets. Just gave something away, boy. It is I'm a weird set. Give me the set. No, fuck you. Give me the ability, because I, I know it's. A- well, yeah, that's that's the only thing you're getting from me is that it's a creature and it's from a weird set. Those are your hints, because you don't get to ask for more because you already burnt your hint. <laughs> what do you got for me? One white, one. Is that your final answer? No, no, I'm thinking, trying to decide if it's one white or one. Oh, fuck me. Come on, I need something. One, one blue. You fucking asshole. I am I right? Yeah, it's one blue for a one-one flyer with protection from green. The bird's what the old. fuck set is that from? Scourge. I can't believe you Jesus fucking got Christ. that. That's me insane. either if it makes you feel any better. Fuck. Wow, that makes me want to fucking vomit that you got that right. Well, you're not giving yeah, Vivid, Vivid Marsh. What is the name of it? <laughs> Vivid Marsh is a land. We're, we're not doing this. Uh-oh, but you uh-oh. will get Null, Null Brute. So Null Brute. So I'm going two red green. 
Two red, green, not even close. <laughs> oh, what the fuck am I thinking of? I have no idea. Null Brooch is four colorless. It's an artifact. It's got two mana tap, discard your hand, counter target non-creature spell, play this ability only as an interrupt. It's a rare from Exodus. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Hall, Hall, Hall Breach. Hall Breach. Oh, I know what card you're thinking of. The destroy target artifact enchantment thing. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Okay, okay, that's fair. I, I can see how you got that confused. You still got it wrong. But <laughs> thanks, man. That's your fun. Okay, so the next okay, one here's so... the next and final one. You lost, but you can you can get one more. I can go three three two. Yeah, three two still still good. Um, I don't know if you're gonna get this one. This one's kind of a weird one. So it's trained ogre or trained org. Org or org o r g g org. Yeah, it's a weird one for sure. Oh, this is in the same set as that fucking Bizardrix. Yeah. This was that cycle. It might be. I don't get any hints. No, this one's... I, there's not really a hint I can give you for this one that's not just a dead giveaway. If I'm thinking of this, like, the same thing, I'm pretty sure it's uh, the red Vizardrix. I don't know what it does, but if it's Vizardrix, it's six six in a color, so I'm guessing six red. Or... Yes, it is six red. It is six red for a six-six vanilla literal fucking nothing. Yep, I uh, used to play this card when I first started. And that's why I figured you mono... would get it, because it's fucking, like, seventh edition. That's That's your bread. And butter. It's older than that. I mean, but it's from 7th edition. Uh, it's not from anything else. Whatever Vizardrix is, it's in that, before 7th. Are you talking about, like, the four, like starter decks? Yeah. Because that's what it's, it's from. It's from starter It's from starter 2000, starter 99, and 7th edition. Yeah, I knew it was something shitty, because it's Vizardrix. Yeah. That was, that, was that arm's for bashing, day. that arm's for smashing, that one's for scratching, and the other one... I don't know what that on that one's for. <laughs> that's great. Is that the flavor text? Yeah, that's flavor text. No, that's the rules text. Yeah, that's one of those shitty weird ones that I'm... Yeah, that card sucks. I'm surprised about the blue thing. I'm, I really am shocked about that one. That yeah. I got that. Can't believe you got that one either. But, I mean, still re- lost. regardless still of how off. surprised you are about the ones that you got, you still lost, and I'm still happy about it. <laughs> yeah, eat a bag of dicks. Haha, <laughs> I <laughs> got you good. That's two weeks in a row. You suck. Yeah, you're not making it fucking easy for me. <laughs> I listen, the random, bu- the random button did this time. I did it last week, but the random button fucked you. <laughs> That's, That's true. At. This week was not your fault. The other one was. Yeah, I will 100% take credit for the week. But you know what else I'll take credit for? The fucking shout out this week. So since I'm the winner, I get to do the shout out. Or since Matt's the loser, yeah. I get to do the shout out, I guess. Yeah. Um, you didn't win. I just lost. Yeah, but also when you lose, I win. So I did win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this week's shout out uh, is going to be another cast that I really, really enjoy. It is the Goblin Lore Podcast. So they are a cast that's pretty focused around the lore of Magic the Gather. And they do a bunch of cool... Um, they do cool interviews with artists and stuff. Like they did an art interview, they did an interview series with Titus Lunter, who's one of my favorite magic artists and probably my favorite digital artist artist in magic. Um, they do a bunch of cool things that are just based off of the lore, but also lore adjacent. So contexts that exist in normal human being life that also kind of cross over to magic. They're fucking great, and all the guys on the podcast are super great on Twitter. So go. Find them and just go check them out because every episode is worth listening to. They've also just recently had their first year, their one year anniversary, and that's fucking awesome. And hopefully we will never get there because we die a fiery death soon. Yeah, the Mayans, bro, they fucked up. Yeah, what a fucking bunch of assholes, right? They could have made it so easy. YK 2020. Hey, here we come. Hindsight (laughs) is 2020, bro, so. All right, dude. Well, Drive safe. Enjoy your fucking vacation. Don't die. Make sure you put on sunscreen. Don't get sunburnt. I'll come back <laughs> looking tan as a man. Wow, very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay inside right, and dude. be a fucking nerd, so... <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking drink and drive. Everybody, be nice to your parents. <laughs> Call your mother. Be nice to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Call your mother and tell her you love her, you fucks. Please. Please. <laughs>